1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Amia Inc., first quarter 2021 results call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question at that time, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone. I will now turn the call over to Tom Tran, Head of Investor Relations. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Christelle, and welcome, everyone, to this morning's call. Today's presentation is available on CEDAR and the company's website. Before we get underway, I would like to remind everyone to review our forward-looking statements and the cautions and risk factors pertaining to the statement. With me on the call today are speakers Phil Middleman, Amy CEO, Michael Lehman, our president, and Steve Leonard, our CFO. Phil will begin with our strategic highlights, followed by Michael, who will cover the performance of our investments, before handing the call over to Steve to take you through the results of the quarter. We will have time for your questions at the end. With that, let me hand it over to Phil.
3: Thanks, Tom, and good morning, everyone, on the phone and webcast today. We'll begin with our strategic highlights for the first quarter. We continue to make progress in executing our strategic objectives to grow our existing investments while seeking new investment opportunities. PLM continued to perform well with signs of ongoing recovery in its operating performance. Following a deliberate pause in distributions to shareholders in the second half of 2020 due to the impacts of COVID-19, Distributions to shareholders resumed in the first quarter of this year, and Amia received a distribution of $9.8 million, 3% higher than the same period in the prior year. Our enhanced shareholder agreement with Aeromexico, including the buyout option, as well as the extension of the CPSA between Aeromexico and PLM through 2050, continues to be honored by Aeromexico, and we expect it will be formally assumed. We are very pleased to see Cognitive Sales Transaction and partnership agreement with IRI, a global leader in innovative solutions and services for consumer, retail, and media companies. IRI acquired the ISS business, a leading retail consumer insight provider that enables collaboration between retailers and suppliers. As evidenced by Cognitive's cash balance at the end of the quarter of over $40 million, the sale of ISS significantly strengthened Cognitive's liquidity position. Through this partnership agreement, IRI and ISS will explore opportunities for IRI's retail clients to leverage Cognitive's unique platform as a service to deliver new value to consumers through hyper-personalized experiences within their ecosystem. This partnership with IRI validates Cognitive's unique collaborative commerce technology platform and aligns Cognitive with a global leader in big data and predictive analytics. We're also pleased to see the exceptional talent added to the Cognitive Leadership Team to drive the commercialization of the business including a new president and CFO both of whom possess expertise in building commercial scale as well as having capital market experience Cognitive has also made several strategic hires senior hires across its client and product teams to foster strong business partnerships By Clear Media the planned privatization of its business continues with shares in Clear Media remaining suspended as expected from trading on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange We are very excited about Clear Media, the largest outdoor advertising firm in China, which we purchased at a very attractive valuation at an opportunistic time, participating alongside a blue-chip consortium of growth-oriented investors. Since we made our investment in Clear Media, China's economy has continued to recover and we continue to see these positive economic trends benefiting outdoor advertising sales in China. At Big Life, through the close relationship we have developed with AirAsia, we saw a unique opportunity to create value for AMIA stakeholders. AMIA entered into a binding memorandum of understanding with AirAsia to sell its 20% equity stake in AirAsia loyalty, loyalty program, Big Life, for a transaction value of approximately $31 million Canadian dollars to be satisfied by 85.9 million new publicly traded ordinary shares of AirAsia. Subject to the quarter end, we signed a formal share purchase agreement, and we expect this transaction to close by quarter end. We also participated in a private placement, resulting in the acquisition of 35.6 million additional shares for 9.4 million. Upon completion of the Big Life transaction, which is subject to AirAsia shareholder approval, AMU will own a total of 121.5 million new shares in AirAsia for an approximate 3.1% equity stake in the airline. By exchanging our minority position in Big Life for publicly traded stock in AirAsia, we will enhance the value of Big Life. By allowing AirAsia to acquire full ownership and reap the strategic benefits from the many opportunities it affords the airline, at the same time, Amia is provided liquidity while participating in what we believe will be significant upside in AirAsia's equity. We fully support the airline's efforts to strengthen its financial position and pursue its digital transformation and we believe that AirAsia will emerge from the pandemic as a stronger airline uniquely positioned to capitalize on the sizable pent-up demand that we believe exists for low-cost air travel across southeast asia moving to our special purpose vehicle amia fully funded its initial 6.4 million commitment in the quarter in a special purpose vehicle created to pursue a leveraged buyout of a target the Special Purpose Vehicle has continued to acquire shares of the Target in the open market and has engaged the Target's management team to explore opportunities to enhance and unlock shareholder value. The Target is a well-established company with a long history of generating strong earnings and free cash flow. AMIA has the option to acquire a stake of up to 25% of the Target, representing a cash commitment of up to $50 million upon the successful consummation of the planned LBO. Our core strategy is to seek the best opportunities, investment opportunities that we can find globally to deploy our cash and potentially utilize our significant tax losses on acquisitions of free cash flow generating businesses with taxable income and with the ability to upstream distributions to the holding company. As we seek these private company opportunities that are attracted enough to warrant an investment, we have also been investing in public equities that we have identified as significantly undervalued businesses with discernible catalysts. At the end of the first quarter of 2021, our public securities portfolio totaled 42.6 million, including unrealized gains up until the end of the quarter of 9.8 million. To expand our global opportunity set beyond traditional public securities investing, AMIA also considers co-investment opportunities with proven investment leaders to provide a streamlined way for AMIA to invest its capital to generate new opportunities. We have a strong pipeline, potential investments, and we remain patient and disciplined. And with that, let me turn the floor over to Mike to provide you some further updates on our investment portfolio. Mike.
4: Thanks, Phil, and good morning to everyone.
3: We'll begin our discussion with PLM,
4: where I'll be speaking to the operating performance in USD, which is PLM's functional currency. PLM's operating metrics continue to demonstrate growth in member engagement, which was up 4.4% over last year to 7.1 million enrolled members in the first quarter. Gross billings were 35.5 million in the first quarter, down 44.8 million over last year due to lower accumulation volumes and down 4.6% over last quarter, partly due to seasonality, as well as the continued impacts from COVID-19. Revenues were $28.7 million in the first quarter, down 48% over last year, and down 19.8% over last year during, due to lower redemption volumes. Adjusted EBITDA was $11.6 million in the quarter, representing a margin of 32.7% as the impacts of lower gross billings were partly offset by lower unit cost and expense reduction initiatives. Further, Free cash flow was a positive 19.1 million in the first quarter, an increase of 35.3 million compared to the same period in the prior year. The improvement was mainly driven by the pre-purchase of award tickets of 15 million that occurred in the first quarter of 2020, as well as the usage of award tickets pre-purchased following the execution of the revised CPSA with Aeromexico in the second quarter of 2020. Overall, PLM continues to demonstrate signs of recovery despite the continued challenging airline environment. Moving on to cognitive, in the first quarter revenues were 14.4 million due to the roll-off of clients from the legacy loyalty solutions business, as well as a $5 million impact from the sale of the ISS business to IRI. Adjusted EBITDA from continuing operations was a loss of 11.4 million mainly due to lower revenues offset by reduced costs and operating expenses. Cognitive continues to be focused on the commercialization of its business as it transitions towards a higher margin subscription based platform as a service offering. In addition, clients are offered managed loyalty solutions to provide additional expertise, strategy and resources to deliver and manage their programs, campaigns and customer experiences. Moving on to our investment management business, revenue from investment management fees were approximately 500,000, and a loss of before income taxes was a negative 400,000 or a negative 100,000 excluding DNA. Assets under management grew to 244.8 million in the first quarter of the year from 201 million, an improvement of 6.3% quarter on quarter as a result of the rebound in its concentrated and value Oriented investment strategy. And finally, moving on to Clear Media. Clear Media's financial results continue to improve as it projects materially higher revenues in 2021 compared to the prior year. Major operators in the region, such as JC Deco and Focus Media, are seeing signs of recovery in the Chinese domestic advertising market with revenues almost back to pre COVID levels. We expect Clear Media's management team to execute on its growth-oriented plan to digitize its 59,000 commercial panels with a goal of attracting new higher margin advertising revenue streams and clientele. With less than 1% of its panels currently digital, we believe there remains significant runway for digital penetration over the coming years. And with that, let me turn it over to Steve to take you through the financial results. Steve?
5: Thank you, Michael, and good morning to everyone. Let's begin by covering the consolidated results before we move to the segment performance and cash movements in the quarter. In the first quarter, total income was 1.7 million, mostly driven by a 5.4 million net fair value gain from investments in public securities. Reported expenses were 8.8 million, a slight increase compared to last year, mostly due to a non-cash 3.5 million expense related to deferred share units granted to executives to maintain continuous alignment with stakeholders within the holding segment total income was 1.2 million up from a loss of 4 million in the same quarter last year total expenses were 7.9 million in the first quarter of 2021 down from 8.2 million in the same quarter last year within total expenses corporate operating expenses which includes compensation professional and advisory fees, as well as technology and other office expenses were 7.2 million in the quarter, down 10% from the 8 million in the same period last year. The drivers of the expense savings were reduced technology spend and other office expenses, and also lower professional and advisory fees. These expense savings were partially offset by the higher share-based compensation and other compensation awards mainly due to a 25% increase in AMU's common share price during the quarter and the current quarter amortization of the deferred share units granted to executives in the second quarter of 2020, which resulted in a non-cash charge of $3.5 million in the quarter, as previously mentioned. Excluding share-based compensation and other performance awards, corporate cash operating expenses were $3.7 million down 56% from $8.4 million in the same period last year. We currently expect our whole co-cash operating expenses will range between $13 and $14 million for 2021 as we exit some legacy activities to complete our transformation, progress through maximizing the value of our existing investments, and experience some due due diligence related to new investment opportunities. Moving on to cover the major cash movements for the quarter, we ended the first quarter with a total cash balance of $134.8 million, down $11.3 million from the $146 million last quarter. The main movements in cash this quarter compared to last quarter were a $9.8 million distribution from PLM and $4.3 million in cash received related to the Cognitive Closing Working Capital adjustment. These were offset by $17.7 million investment in various public securities. We made a $3.2 million payment towards the remaining portion of our commitment to fund a special, special purpose vehicle. We paid preferred dividends of $3.2 million and related Part 6 tax of $1.3 million. And corporate cash operating costs were $3.7 million, offset by tax refunds and other working capital items. Including our public securities portfolio, we had a market value of $42.6 million as of the end of the first quarter. AMIA's cash plus liquid investments totaled $177.4 million. And with that, let me turn it over now to Phil to wrap up with a few concluding remarks.
3: Thanks, Steve. 2021 is shaping up to be an exciting year. Highlighted by the significant progress made in executing our new strategy as a holding company and the positive developments in our various investments, we remain focused on continuing to grow our existing assets while seeking new investment opportunities to deliver enduring value to AMIA stakeholders. So with that, we'll turn it over to questions.
1: Operator? At this time, if you would like to ask an audio question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone. Once again, that is star one to ask an audio question.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Your first question comes from the line of Brian Morrison with TD Securities.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning, guys. Brian.
2: Hey, hey, good morning, uh, Mike. Hey, just um, in terms of PLM, maybe I can start there. I see in your MD&A there's a, a claim to be heard on May 21st. Maybe just walk us through: Is this procedural? Is it acrimonious? You know, what are the potential outcomes of this hearing, and can this pave the way for a formal assumption of the contract?
3: Yeah, I know. You know, we can't comment on on ongoing legal issues, but you're right. This is procedural. It's not acrimonious. Um, I'll just say that that uh, again that that PLM is honoring the contracts. Um, they're paying us dividends,
2: and we do expect the contracts to be assumed. Okay and then maybe just operationally how much of the pre-buys have been worked through and is there any active management by plm or by the airline that's encouraging or limiting redemption activity
5: i'll take that brian we we uh plm used about five million of the of the pre-buys related to last year in the quarter Uh, in terms of the redemption activity uh, we're not seeing anything unusual as phil mentioned the airline has been honoring the, um, the agreements, and uh, there's nothing unusual. You'll notice that the quarter-over-quarter quarter redemption was down a bit versus last quarter, but that's more seasonal-related than, than anything else. Okay.
2: And then if I shift gears to clear, um, I realize it's private, but I, I think if I heard you correct, did you say that they're already back or close to pre-pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic levels? And, and if so, can you just update us on the progression of digitization of the 59,000 displays? How far along are we on that?
3: Sure. Um, you know, we can't forecast beyond what Clear Media themselves are forecasting. And so, you know, anecdotally, you've seen from from other industry leaders, there's been a lot of bullishness on the Chinese adver- outdoor advertising business. So we, we can read in from there. But in terms of what the companies forecast, it's just what we said. Um in terms of the progress on the digitization, again, they haven't revealed anything publicly, but we do know that this is their focus and that less than 1% of their panels you know, were digital when this, when this effort began. So we think there's a, a tremendous amount of upside there and a long runway to growth, um, but we can't give you any, any details beyond that at this time. Uh, Brian the the the, com- the comment on the pre pandemic
4: levels that that was that was a comment made by JC Deco and 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 further evidence did focus media and and other uh, other uh venues in in uh in Asia um they are seeing uh portions of their business that are that are uh, approaching and and uh and exceeding pre pandemic levels so so after after initially pulling back uh, pretty dramatically on the advertising and marketing expenses, companies are are very quickly and actively uh, putting those programs back into into uh, into place. So, so uh, I, I think I think everybody, you know, this is raising all boats, and, and there's there's an opportunity set to be uh, to be gleaned uh, by all. Um, but uh, but but certainly all the, the leaders continue to to increase and, and perhaps even take share. So
2: we're we're pretty pleased with the progress to date. Okay, thank you. That's uh, that's encouraging. And then, last question on cognitive, um, you know, maybe just update us on your financial targets in 2021. Do you still plan to be break even after the IRR transaction? I see the EBITDA looks to be down this quarter, and with bond yields weighing on tech valuations, is there any change on your views to timing or the path to monetization on this investment?
3: Yeah, I think you know the, the sale of ISS to IRI was an exciting transaction in a few ways. I think number one from, from you know the perspective of investors outside, you know, one of the difficult things in any tech company, especially one like cognitive that has such a unique product is, you know, is it real? You know, is this something that it's hard to understand? But when, you know, IRI came in, they're they're an industry leader in this in this sector and they came in and scrubbed this business and not only did they buy ISS, which was a great transformational transaction for Cognitive, I'll address in a second, but but they decided that they wanted to partner with Cognitive and sell Cognitive's product to their client base. Now that is a very telling uh, decision because it shows that they have something real and something that an industry leader wants to sell. I mean, that's the purest form of capitalism. So, so we're very excited about that. In terms of the actual sale of ISS, that you know, was transformative for Cognitive. It yielded a lot of cash, but it did take away some revenues. So you know, in terms of the targets, there's still a lot of smoke to clear. We now have you know, ISS is gone. We have a new partnership. We have legacy AMIA clients dropping off. We have, um, you know, new commercialization and higher-margin past model sales that they're focused on that we're seeing some traction with. So, until until the smoke clears, there we're not we don't have the clarity yet to give you new targets. But I would just say overall, you know, the picture is improving dramatically as far as, as, as far as uh, all the different metrics we, we care about. In terms of um, in terms of the possibility of liquidity event. You know, I think you know we're we're they're commercializing their product now, and you know when that opportunity arises and the moment's right, we're going to take it. We're not too focused on you know the day to day of the markets and rising rates. As you know, if if a, if a tech product is working out and people want it, they'll pay for it, and I think that opportunity hopefully will will come. And when it does, we'll take advantage of it.
2: All right, thanks very much uh, for all the color. Appreciate it. No, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Hamza Missouri, with Jeffries.
4: Hey, it's actually uh, Ryan gunning on for Hamza. Um, on the, just you know, following up on cognitive um, with you know the increased liquidity. Just wondering if you're seeing any kind of attractive M&A targets in the market, or or do you think growth will come you know more organically?
3: You know, cognitive has made a lot of acquisitions in the past. Um they consider to consider um, new acquisitions to further bolster their offerings and and uh so the answer is is yes there are targets um and uh there's some some you know exciting technologies out there that can that can uh accent their their offerings so the answer would be yes the 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 uh
4: the acquisitions are are they're um they're a couple fold um, you know, there, there are acquisitions that, that can uh, that can grow uh, the product set to to further um, uh, push towards the commercialization of the model, right? And then there are also technological uh, acquisitions that that uh, that can either get us to where we're trying to go faster or or more efficiently by reducing costs. So so uh, so uh, those several of those options are on the table, and we continue to to evaluate them um in in terms of um uh where growth is coming from um both organically as as well as as well as through acquisition um the 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 commercialization process is is ongoing uh where you know the merging of of cognitive and amia's amia loyalty business uh the attractiveness of that and the and the thesis was was combining uh cutting-edge technology and and, uh, and a collaborative product with uh, with Amia Loyalty, longstanding clients. So, so, uh, so we're in the process of of, um, of converting um, Amia Loyalty customers to to the pass model, and 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 uh, and while doing so, also offering uh, managed services element, uh, which is kind of like a, a consulting element uh, to make uh, uh, to make the model more more profitable and, and the and the user experience more positive. Got it. Thanks, Thanks guys. That's, that's very helpful. Um, and then lastly, I guess just on capital allocation plans for the balance of 2021, just wondering, doesn't sound like they've changed at all, but just terms of like buybacks and everything, if they have changed.
3: Yeah, you know, our capital allocation priorities are never going to change. Um, we're always evaluating the best ways to allocate our cash to create shareholder value. We are... As you know, we've bought back over 40% of our shares over the past couple of years, so we're we're always aggressive about that and opportunistic about that. Um, We, you know, will continue to. We're looking at larger investments, things that can utilize our U.S. NOLs. You know, we have a significant amount of U.S. tax losses and uh, also capital losses in Canada to shield our our gains. So, we're we're evaluating a lot of different opportunities always, and those those priorities will, will not change.
4: Got it.
3: Thanks a lot, Kay. Thank you. Thanks, Amber. All right.
1: There are no further questions. I will now turn the call back to Tom Tran for closing remarks.
2: Thank you, everyone, for joining today's call and webcast. We hope to connect with you soon at our AGM, also held virtually this morning at 1030 a.m. If you have any questions, please
1: reach out to Investor Relations. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.